everybody. Welcome to the Pause Podcast. My name is Lindsay. I'm running the show today, and I'm here with Mari. And we are on day 17, uh, a little over halfway through our journey um, through the book of Mark. Um, before we get started, just wanted to remind you of our mission here um, at the Pause. Um, we believe in carving out time to pay attention to your soul. Um, and so we pray that you do that um, and use this podcast as a tool to do that. Um, okay, well, let's jump into Mark chapter 10 today. We are reading verses 35 through 45, um, and today's is from the NIV translation. So, Mara, if you don't mind reading those verses before we jump in. Sure. So it says, Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. Bold. I know. (laughs) What do you want me to do for you? He asked. They replied, Let one of us sit at your right and the other at your left in your glory. You don't know what you're asking, Jesus said. Can you drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with? We can, they answered. (laughs) We're good. They answered. (laughs) Yep, sounds good. (laughs) Jesus said to them, You will drink the cup I drink and be baptized with the baptism. With the baptism I am baptized with. But to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared. When the ten heard about this, they became indignant with James and John. Jesus called them together and said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be the first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Okay, I think this is one of my favorite like passages of Scripture. And I love the phrase, not so with you. Um. I love that. So I want to talk a little bit of, like about those four Yeah, words. I'm curious about this. Yeah. Okay. So right before that, Jesus literally has just predicted his death <laughs> for the third time. He's leading the way to Jerusalem, and he gathers disciples together, and he tells them about what is going to happen to them, to him. Um, so the verses right before that, he says, The Son of Man, which is me, Jesus, will be delivered over to the chief priests and the teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death and will hand him over to the Gentiles, who will mock him and spit on him, flog him, and kill him. Three days later, he will rise. And they're so still, still, but they're still, <laughs> literally, they just he don't get he it. They're like, says that. so anyways, can we sit next to you? <laughs> he's like, I'm hey, going to die. <laughs> he's like, hey, they're like, do whatever that you ask. Or what is it they say? We want you to do for us whatever we ask. It's yeah. Like, what what the a weird audacity. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> so he's literally just said that. And he spent the narrative of Mark <laughs> predicting like what will be his fate. So this is the third time he said this. And this mm-hmm. is like the most direct, I feel like, or the most detailed time. Yeah. And it's been confusing to the disciples to say the least. He's like, Somehow. I will be beaten. I will be mocked. I will die. This is what I'm coming to do. I will suffer. <laughs> and immediately after he says this, immediately, James and John, who are affectionately known as the Sons of Thunder, which love I it. would love to know the backstory. Same. Do you? Yeah, I. which we should probably look that up. But it sounds the like a wrestling duo, which I'm here for. Like that they <laughs> like in their spandex. <laughs> uh, I think of NASCAR for some reason. Sense I don't know why. Thunder, Thunder mm, Road. Anyway. 
Oh, yeah. Is that a NASCAR thing? Or is that from Talladega Nights? Days of Thunder. Oh, that's a... Oh, yeah. What is Tal- What's from Talladega Nights? Thunder Road is a Bruce Springsteen song. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. So the Sons of Thunder, immediately after Jesus says this, they come up to Jesus and they basically say, hey, man, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. Mm-hmm. You good with that? Let us sit do at it. your right do and it. your left do it. in your glory. <laughs> yeah. That is like, it's almost hard to come up with a response to their request. Like it almost leaves you speechless because they're saying like, we want in. We want the highest seats. We want to be seen. We want to sit with you in glory. And I know you just said that whole thing about suffering, but we want power. <laughs> we want position. Like, can you make that happen? <laughs> but also, like, did you not hear him? He's going to he be dead. <laughs> <laughs> they don't listen. They don't hear. Not great just, listeners, those no. two. The sons of so, thunder. Maybe that's why they're on. like, you're the th- sons of thunder. Like, It's always so <laughs> loud. It's so loud. You can't you listen. Yeah. So one of my favorite authors, um, Tim Keller, he's written like a million books. Um, But one of the books he's read, it's called Jesus the King, and it's based on the book of Mark. And he has this really cool quote uh, about this exact scripture. And he said, here's the irony of their request. (laughs) What was Jesus's moment of greatest glory? Where does Jesus most show forth the glory of God's justice? And where does he reveal most profoundly the glory of God's love? On the cross. So when Jesus is at the exact actual moment of his greatest glory, there will be somebody on the right and on the left, but they will be criminals being crucified. Mm. Jesus says to James and John, you have no idea what you are asking. <laughs> so to be on my right and to my left is to die. You be know? careful what you wish for. And so Jesus basically says, this is not the way we do things around here. Mm-hmm. And so, which is also like a funny thing, a funny detail too about the disciples is that when they heard that James and John asked this question, they became indignant with them, which I don't know if it's like, oh man, we wanted to ask that too, you know? Or, <laughs> um, so anyway, so then Jesus gathers the disciples together and he says this, he says, the rulers of the Gentiles, they lord their authority over people, which means they subdue, they gain the upper hand over people, they exercise authority, they kind of rule with an iron fist. Mm. This is what they do. This is what power is to them. But then he says this phrase, not so with you. Mm. When you follow me, no, it is not this way among you. And Jesus over and over again talks about the kingdom of God. This is consistently his main message. We've talked about it this season. And the kingdom that he came to usher in will not be one of power and control, of rules and domination. He will not occupy a throne and conquer dominion over his people. His most important teaching at his time here on earth is the ethics of the kingdom of God, which is in direct contrast to the kingdom of man and Mm -hmm. of of the world. And it will be upside down. um, It will be more upside down than anything they have ever known. So what was important to the world, what was power to the world, and what was of value will not be in his kingdom. Mm -hmm. And so one of our favorite quotes, right? Michelle Obama. (laughs) They go low, we go high. Yes. Um, It's kind of the say, like, we will not be about climbing up. We will be getting low. And that's Mm -hmm. the way up. So Jesus keeps going, and then he said, hey, James, John, and everyone listening here, (laughs) if you want to be great, if you're looking for greatness, you must be last. You must serve. You must be a slave to all. The key value in my kingdom will be servanthood, and your willingness to serve grows out of your love for people. Yeah. Uh, I just can't imagine how revolutionary that was. 
they're looking for power and position. He's like, okay, be last, you know, yeah. be a slave. And the idea of a slave would first like be probably ridiculous to the disciples because a slave was like lower than a servant. But Jesus declares like, this is what the son of man, the king, this is what he came to do. Mm-hmm. He will submit, he will suffer, he will sacrifice the ultimate price. And that is power. <laughs> Submission is power. Oh man, that's so good. So he's saying, not so with you. Like you are different. You have permission and freedom to live another way. A life with me is to live another way. And so I think about what it means to be in power now. Like I'm think I think about power now. Yeah. Um, I think about our government now, our values now, our thrones now, um, royalty now. Um, there's the power the money, the prestige, the lack of accountability, the imbalance of justice. I think we care about the wrong things. And every time I read the scripture, I think there's another kingdom at hand. And this is what we're meant to do in the meantime, before the completion of everything made right. And I think it like fills me with hope. And it fills me with a sense of purpose, that there is an economy of forgiveness and kindness and courage and compassion, serving and generosity and love. And Jesus could have come and done anything. (laughs) You know, he could have come and wiped us out and started over. He could have come and destroyed the Roman government and established himself as king. But he came and he served. And that was the defining feature of his kingdom, Mm. which is crazy. Yeah. Um, So I'm always confronted with what this looks like for me, the not so with you. What does that look like for me? And Jesus is consistently preaching to give our lives away, to go low, to serve, to be last. And what does that mean, like, for me? Does that mean forgiving the friend who deeply wounded me? Does it mean selling my house and all my possessions? Is it fostering? Is it looking out for other people? Is it, like, doing a serve project? Um, What is it? Um, And I think the answer is yes to all of it. Yeah, It's, like, a lifestyle of submission, I think it's simply I will help other people at the cost to myself. Um, and like sometimes I go kicking and screaming to this kingdom because <laughs> I we've talked about justice and I want to, you know, I want things to happen at the you know way I think they should happen. And um, I think power, like, you know, I think we all have hearts bent towards that, you know, if we're honest. Um, but other times I'm think, I think I'm relieved and the spirit within me um, says I don't have to live revenge-filled or bitter or with the chief goal to be on top. So there's, like, much more fulfillment in this, like, idea of servanthood and, and being last. So, And I think it's interesting to think about, um, like, this concept of power that Jesus yes. is sort of, like— at first I was like, oh, yeah, he's saying, not so with you. You won't care about power. Instead, you'll care about these other things. But it's not quite that. Mm -hmm. It's that he's saying, like, you will use your power. Like, the Gentiles, they use Mm -hmm. their power for submission. You Mm -hmm. will have power, and you'll use it to to lift people up, to serve them. And I think about the leaders in our, our world that do that. Yeah. That they, they, um, they don't put aside their power and like, no, 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 thank you. Right. I'll right. be over here serving. It's like they use their power 
they have a choice yes. with what they do with mm-hmm. it and they use it to serve people and to lift them up. So it's not mm-hmm. like he's saying that power itself is wrong, but the way that it had been utilized yeah. by leadership mm-hmm. in the past wasn't going to fly in his kingdom. Mm-hmm. And I think we're seeing that, um, like a lot of Brene Brown's work about mm-hmm. the power in vulnerability and leaders mm-hmm. who utilize yeah. vulnerability and honesty and authenticity and kindness, yes. how there's a, a way to lead um, and that people respond to it more and that they'll follow you anywhere if you lead mm-hmm. with those values as opposed to the sort of like like you talked about like subduing and yeah dominating over yes. people and mm-hmm. I think we have some where there's some world leaders out there who are leading with vulnerability. Like I just saw an interview with, I don't know that much about her at all, but um, the prime minister of New Zealand. Oh yeah. Uh, Jacinda, I can't remember her last yeah. name. And they were saying like, they were asking about her leadership style and she said, you know, I'm a mom mm-hmm. and I teach my kids the values of kindness and compassion and vulnerability and, it would be bizarre for me to value those things most highly in my children and raise them to value them and then mm-hmm. not utilize it in my job. And so she yeah. said, I think that, you know, we've been told our whole lives to put aside those values mm-hmm. in order to lead well. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I'm not quoting her no, directly, but she said something like, I think there's a way to use um, vulnerability and compassion in leadership that's actually much more effective. And like yeah. this this interview was sort of talking about her great her great and surprising success as a mm. leader because she has yeah. led led from such a place mm-hmm. of compassion and humanity and people just it she seemed weak because of it in the mm. terms of that we've used for power. But that mm. she continues to surprise mm-hmm. um with with her success on all measurements. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. As you were talking, I was thinking about John Lewis, um, yeah. the civil rights activist who recently passed away. Um, and like a couple weeks ago, I think. Um, yeah. But I think his funeral was today. Um, anyway, but how, and Martin Luther King, um, just as I've been doing some research on our racial history and just those leaders come to mind when I think about um, what power is um, and how they led with power. As they led, right? You know, they mm-hmm. were up front and they were strong, courageous leaders and strong, courageous and compassionate. And they were peacemakers, mm-hmm. but they didn't like um, roll over, you know? And um, so I think about them as you're talking. I'm like, I feel like they were the kind of people that were like, not so with us, you know? And we yeah. were going to. Not submit to evil laws, um, but we're going to submit to um, the good that we see in all people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And um, so, I think there are people to be greatly admired. But I love. Yes, I think you're exactly right. That power in and of itself is not bad. It's just it looks differently, and how it's utilized should look differently. Yeah, That's I've good. been um, studying Genesis mm-hmm. and looking at um, when when God tasks. Adam with mm-hmm. you know, essentially caring for the Garden of Eden. He creates yeah. him and then he, he gives him two jobs and he says, yeah. 
um, sub- subdue the earth and care for it. So he gives yeah. them this, these two like skills or these two characteristics of power and care mm-hmm. or life giving. Yep. And then, I mean, I could nerd out on this for hours, but then mm-hmm. the, when he curses Adam and Eve and throws them out of the garden, his the curses end up complicating those two gifts of power mm-hmm. and life giving. Um, and it's just interesting to see the way that that plays out across all of us in humanity that like power on its own seems to completely corrupt people. Yes. L- life giving on its own. Yes. Or um, care on its own is self-destructive often. Mm-hmm. We've talked about how empathy can be really self-destructive. Yeah. But when we in, when we in the very least attempt to balance those two things, I think mm-hmm. that's where we see the kingdom of God show up. That's where we yeah. see, you know, Eden um, starting to to reappear yeah, in our experience. Good. Yeah, that's really good. Well, I want to talk about the phrase not so with you. You know, I said that that was like, yeah, something about that is like very freeing to me, um, a freeing from the rat race um, that I don't have to live the way that um, American culture or the values tell me to live. Um, it's just like a gentle reminder. Jesus is like, wait, not so with you. That's not the way we do things. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, okay, okay. Because um, my heart can stray so easily. Uh, but does that, like, what do you think when you hear that phrase? Um, do you have the same reaction as I do or? Um, I don't think I necessarily would say I feel like a, a freedom or a relief, but you and I have pretty different inner processes. <laughs> yeah. Um, for me, it feels affirming, I think, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that like, I think I tend to approach things differently naturally and there's always uh, something in my mind like am I doing this wrong yeah like oh am I, is this backwards it seems like other people are approaching this from a completely yes. different angle yes and so then when I see not so with you it's like oh okay good it's yeah like we should yes. we should be different yes this should yeah. be a, this should be a little bit right um bizarre yeah right right and it's like a conviction for me um and like when I I think personally, like right now I'm wrestling with the situation um, just with like what forgiveness looks like. I feel like I'm always wrestling with that, with that. <laughs> but like what is reconciliation and forgiveness? And um, I feel the spirit leading me towards having a conversation with somebody who is like um, there's some wounds in that relationship. But like the one side and I like haven't thought this through so maybe we can articulate this. You can help me right now. <laughs> this not so with you. But I was like the one side of me is like, no, I'm not doing that. You know, that, that person was hurtful and, um, no, I'm not interested in that. Um, that is like, there's like maybe the prideful side of me, but the other side, I just hear Jesus is like, not so with you. Like what does submission and servanthood look like in this situation where someone has wronged you? Maybe it doesn't mean being in a relationship with them again, but maybe it means meeting and asking for forgiveness. And then I'm like, no way. (laughs) You know, I'm like, no, 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 no. I don't want to do that. I don't want to submit. Um, so I think that's where I feel like Jesus gently to my soul is like, not so with you. Remember, not so with you. Um, and I don't, I'm not saying it means enter back into like a, you know, a painful relationship, but it's like, at least in my context, it's like, maybe it means making that step, you know? Does that make sense? It does. And it, it, it's yeah. reminding me of our conversation with Ada for the yes. previous episode. Yes. Um, when we were talking about, you know, different qualities of that kids mm-hmm. could teach grownups. 
Yes. And one of them was forgiveness. Kids are yes. so quick to forgive. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's because they're not concerned with power. There's not, yes. um, it's not humiliating for them to forgive because they're yes. just like, sure. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. You said sorry. Yeah. Yep. Um, but they're also, I think it goes hand in hand with they're so quick to, mm-hmm. um, to vulnerability that Ada will say to Noah, like, that hurt my feelings. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Noah's like, I saw we ate that. And then Ada's like, oh, I forgive you. Yeah, yeah. And then it's done. Yeah. Because yeah. like neither of them is has any sort of illusions of power in that relationship. Yeah. They're just like, yes. um, like obviously we want to be friends again. And it's yeah. like kids are so unconcerned with power and so concerned with relationship. Yeah. And maybe power is an illusion in relationships. Yeah. You know? Maybe it's just about love. Yeah. So I'm like, well, what's to gain by having power, you know, in a relationship context? Yeah. It's just pride, right? Yeah. Anyway, um, there is so much we can learn from from kids. Yeah. Um, okay. So the second question, what does it look like to give your life away? So when you think about servanthood and being a slave, being last, like what does that look like for you? I think I used to think that it meant this sort of like martyrdom. Yeah. Um, and Glennon Doyle talks about this in some yeah. of her writing that we, the generation before us was taught that moms are mar- are martyrs. Mm-hmm. Like it's our job to completely destroy ourselves, to burn ourselves down for the sake of our kids. Mm. Um, but she talks about this new model of like moms are models. Like mm. it's not our job to destroy ourselves for our kids. It's our job to yeah. show kids how to care for ourselves and others in yeah. a really delicate balance. And like, yeah, that's the work of grownups is yeah. loving yes. others and loving yourself and having boundaries and giving your life away. I don't think means burning it down. I don't think it means having no regard for itself. I think it means being less concerned with power and more concerned with relationship, with finding that balance mm-hmm. between power and and caring, like subduing mm-hmm. subduing the earth and caring for it, subduing this yeah. king this kingdom that we live in, and also caring for it. Yeah, yeah. Which is in, in the impossible work, and that's sure. of course what we're called what to. We're, yeah, yeah. I recognize this might sound dumb, but like. <laughs> I think I always thought of it as like moments in my life where I would give my life away in moments where I would serve if I saw something or like an event. Um, But I'm learning it's like much more a lifestyle, much more a mindset. And in every choice I make, am I um, willing to put someone above myself, you know, and Mm -hmm. am I willing to serve in every moment, which is like, you know, a lot of compassion, which we have talked about in previous episodes, but, mm-hmm. um, it sounds so obvious now that I mention it, but I think I had to make a shift of like, oh, okay, giving your life away is like all the time. It's not a one-time thing that you just like repeat over and over, you know, it's just like but the it's way not, you live. But it's also not this like arbitrary rule in that like there are situations right. where the way to love another person is to show them how to love you to set a boundary of like, I actually can't do that for you today Mm -hmm. because, you know, I have this previous commitment to this other person. Mm -hmm. I would love to help you with that. Mm -hmm. Here's the times that I'm available. Mm -hmm. And then that Mm -hmm. person, like, do you know what I'm saying? That like, well, yeah, this sort of hard and fast rule of like, 
give your life away, serve others, always be a servant and choose choose to put other people above yourself. That's not really loving them either. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What does it, it mean to you to... Oh, go ahead. To put someone above yourself. It means willing their good as well as my own. And sometimes mm-hmm. someone else's good is not yep. allowing them to to dominate and subdue you. It's it's mm-hmm. gently guiding them towards um, that balance that we mm-hmm. are talking about. That sometimes it's um, to burn yourself down for someone else's sake isn't always love. In fact, it's often right. No, well, the complete opposite. Yeah, yeah. And I think like so. I agree. And and for me, I've always said like. Um, I think honesty is kindness. Yeah. And which is kind of what like it reminded me when you were talking is that I think that the best form of kindness is to be honest with one another um, and to be honest about um, what we see in them because we want to make them fuller and better people. And sometimes that means saying hard things. It means Mm -hmm. being honest with how we're feeling. Um, I think that's kind, you know, and um, so I 100% I'm with you. Um, And I think you're exactly right. So I like echo... Retweet, snap, while you're saying, echo it. (laughs) And retweet, snaps. But I think too, like I am a person that, um, I don't have any problem putting my need above my, like other people. You know, I think I'm like the opposite where I'm always like, yes, everybody cater to me. Do you know what I mean? And so I think it's allowed me, oh, and maybe as we're talking, this is helpful. It's like allowed me to pause for a minute, you know, and be like, okay, am I actually thinking about other people? Oh, no, I feel good about what I'm doing. You know what I mean? Like, okay, um, I'm going to set this boundary because this is what it looks like for me right now. Or, no, I'm being ridiculous. You know what I mean? So I think it's like actually just pausing instead of being like, this is what I want and I want it now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, so, I yeah, do. That's awesome. Cool. Um, okay. Well, let's move into our mindfulness portion okay. today. Um, we're going to practice Lectio Divina Um So we've done this before in episodes past, but Lectio Divina is a type of contemplative prayer um, that involves uh, reading of the scripture and a posture of openness as we read. Um, It's learning to listen through the word of God. Um, So I'm going to read these verses that we talked about today in Mark. I'm going to read them three times. And I'd like for you to focus as I read and to ask God to draw out one phrase or a word to you. And so center on that word or phrase each time that I read it. So wherever you are, get comfortable. Close your eyes if you need to. Relax your body. Uncross your arms or your legs. Ask God to draw out a word or a phrase as I read these verses. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. What do you want me to do for you? He asked. They replied, let one of us sit at your right and the other at your left in your glory. You don't know what you are asking, Jesus said. Can you drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism I'm baptized with? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, You will drink the cup I drink and be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with. But to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared. 
When the ten heard about this, they became indignant with James and John. Jesus called to them together and said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Ask God for awareness or understanding. Is there a word or a phrase that is speaking louder to you? Savor the words. Grab a journal and write down thoughts if you'd like. I'm going to read these verses a second time. This time, ask God for clarity on the word and phrase as you focus on it. There is freedom to speak back to God as you listen and as you reflect and as you ponder your word or phrase. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. What do you want me to do for you? He asked. They replied, let one of us sit at your right and the other at your left in your glory. You don't know what you are asking, Jesus said. Can you drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, you will drink the cup I drink and be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with. But to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared. When the ten heard about this, they became indignant with James and John. Jesus called them together and said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. What do you want me to do for you? He asked. They replied, let one of us sit at your right and the other at your left in your glory. You don't know what you are asking, Jesus said. Can you drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, you will drink the cup I drink and be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with. But to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant, 
These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared. When the ten heard about this, they became indignant with James and John. Jesus called them together and said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Thanks for joining us today. If you're looking for show notes to follow up on any references we may have shared, you can find those in the episode description or by going to our website at www.thepausepodcast.com where you can also find links to our social media along with a handy guide to subscribing or leaving a review. Thanks for listening.